Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, we recap the opening days of free agency, including a few moves by the Jets, plus the latest on the Shifley Hellebuck trade front. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it here. Hope everybody had a great, awesome Canada Day and enjoyed the long weekend as well. And for any American listeners, hope you guys are having a safe, fun July 4th as well. The fireworks, well, they actually got underway on July 1. Maybe not as as crazy as other years, but with an underwhelming free agent class, uh, we, we've seen worse. It's great that Twitter shut down the entire time. It was awesome. Great stuff. Cool. Either way, we'll break it all down here, including some moves by the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, pretty much what we expected. Nothing too outlandish and lavish in terms of spending, but... Fill in a couple of holes and um, still waiting on the big moves to come. We'll see if that's going to be an option or not as we head into the rest of July here. To help me break it all down once again, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki. Tice, how we doing? Doing pretty good. My rate limit hasn't been succeeded exceeded yeah. yet today, so... We're doing good there. I mean, how that's that was the worst part. Like, I I normally like not looking at my phone too much during free agent frenzy, but you like having that little bit where you can kind of see some of the rumors that are going on that that they aren't that that TSN isn't putting out there. Then not to mention too, like I get it. It's it's the Toronto yeah, Sports say Network. It, say it. But the fact why the frick are we watching forty five minutes of Ryan Reeves content during free agent it was frenzy? Insanity. And like the amount of, I felt like they missed so many free agent signings too. And you're like looking at the bottom of the screen on the track. You're like, Oh, that guy, what did that guy sign? Like, and, oh, like I, there must've been at least an hour worth of Connor Brown and Ryan Reeves content on Saturday. It was nauseating. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. Especially like Twitter's down. You guys, like everybody's watching you. Yeah. Right. Like it's like this is the dream scenario for for a show like that, and they just blew like all it was was Mike Johnson losing his mind about Ryan Reeves, which was kind of funny, but still, (laughs) you can only take more. Like, let's do a couple minutes on Revo and move on, right? Like it was just insanity. Like I don't want to hear 
debates about the lease and this and this and this just break some news. That's well, it. Let me. I, I mean, it's it. Look, is it surprising that a Bell Media property couldn't handle a broadcast correctly? No, no, it's not surprising. <laughs> but having said that, like you guys have done this before, I would just want to see. Honestly, Tice, if they just had the insiders' table, just film them, and that's it. Yeah, like just, I, I'll just watch them on their phone. Like, just oh, here we're getting some news on something. Let me check this out. That would be a billion times better than what we see there, where it's just oh, we need grit. This team needs size on defense. Like all this, like it's just a, a race to spew the most hockey cliches. You just want to, you just want to know who signed where. That's it. Yeah, it was a bad day. I mean, I just, just let me know where Carson Susie's signing. That's all I care about. I don't... <laughs> just want some Susie news, man. Oh, and you're right too. I mean, they missed. It felt like they just kept missing all these signings that were going on as well. It just like pops up. Oh, like this guy's somewhere. We're just yeah, not gonna. It was, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Um, a few moves though by the Jets, which they didn't talk about whatsoever. But that's okay. <laughs> Um, I guess, well, I guess before we get into free agency and, and what the Jets did and, and maybe didn't do, um, we usually start off with a trivia segment, Tice. I, I don't have a trivia segment for us here, but, um, I have, have you, I, I texted you, but I don't know if you played it or not. Um, but for our listeners out there, if you're a fan of trivia and different things like that, Puck Doku, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So Puck Doku there's like this immaculate grid. It's like a baseball trivia, like nine or three by three board where you have to like mix and match who goes where. Uh, Puck Doku is the hockey version of that. It's pretty sweet. Uh, you get you have to go like nine for nine to guess everything. And there's like, you have to figure out, okay, this guy played for this team and this team. This guy did this and this and uh, away you go there. Um, did you see today's Tyson? I did not know. Do you want to do just a quick Puck Doku? Sure, let's let's trivia trivia adjacent. We can we can we can count it. Um, I checked it out before when nine for nine. Not a, I mean, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I mean, it's I I think you can handle this one pretty quickly. Uh, but we'll try to put a time limit on you. So if you just let's get through this quickly here. We don't need a, a whole lot of dead air, but I'll be intrigued okay. to see how how you do. There was a couple that I needed a few seconds on. Um, but so how it works is you have to essentially pick a player for the most part, that played for two teams. Um, this one is a little bit different because you also have to pick a player that had a 50-goal season for one of the teams. So why don't we go there first, Tice? We'll do 50-goal scores, okay? So they had to score 50 goals for that team that year. Okay. New York Rangers. In what year? Is there a year or just... No, no, no. It's just a, a, a New York Ranger that scored 50 in a season. Yarmir Yager? That is correct, I think. I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> I, I have no way. I did Adam Graves, but we'll 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 say I, I know Yager had that one big year, so we'll just say that he scored 50 plus that year. Um this should be an easy one. LA. Uh Luke Robitaille or Wayne Gretzky. Or Bernie Nichols, all of those maybe even a Marcel Dion and a Charlie Taylor, Dave Taylor, Charlie Simmer, all those people. Um, and then do you want to just give us a quick Red Wings one? Uh, let's go, uh, let's go, let's throw back. Did, did Gordy Howe ever get one? He didn't. You loser. Oh. No, you're done. <laughs> That's what you get for trying to be cute. Um, now, so you have to pick guys that played for both of these teams, okay? 
Uh, we'll start with the Rangers. Give me a Ranger and a Florida Panther. Then Beesbrook. Correct. Ranger and an Avalanche. Ranger and an Avalanche. Da, 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 uh, Chris Drury. Yeah, nicely done. Uh, L.A. King and a Florida Panther. See, these ones are always, it's like you should know it right off the top, but uh, Willie Mitchell. Yeah, nice. I did Joseph Stumple, my man. Um, <laughs> the Kings and the Avalanche. Kings and the Avalanche. Um, I'm going to have to I'm, cut you off there, Tice. Wow. I mean, an easy, <laughs> one, an easy one would have been Rob Blake. Oh, um, yeah. Adam Deadmarsh as well. Uh, and then to top it off, let's do a Red Wing and a Panther. Red Wing and a Panther. I'm going to go with. Man, you, it's this is. I know it's it's hard to do it in like a couple of seconds. So um, Red Wing and a Panther. I'll go with. Trying to think of one. Todd Bertuzzi. Yeah, yeah. I went to, with you know free agency in the air. Uh, Stephen Weiss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) There were a couple Weiss contracts handed out on July 1 this year. And then finally, Red Wing Avalanche. Uh, I'm going to go with... I feel like I'm missing... I feel like I'm missing... Claude Lemieux? I don't think Claude ever played for the Red Wings. I'm surprised you didn't go with... St. Andrew's finest, Tyson. Oh, Darren Helmer. How could you forget Helmer? <laughs> Our boy, former Selkirk fisherman. You didn't – come on, you got to get Helmer. Sorry, uh, that's, a, that's a letdown. That's Yeah, he's going to be very upset about this. I know he listens to the podcast. He absolutely does not listen. Um, <laughs> but the Helms of the Rewikis go way back, so shame on you for forgetting Darren Helm. Stanley Cup champion. Two-time Cup champ? He's won two? Yeah. What a beauty. All right, let's move on to free agency, Tice. So the Winnipeg Jets, no surprise, didn't do a whole lot. I actually nailed one of the contracts, though. Mentioned Laurent Bersois when we talked about goaltending, maybe a 1A, 1B tandem, or just a backup. And as it stands right now, Tice, he is going to once again be the backup to Connor Hellebuck for now. But signed to just a short one-year deal. I think pretty everyone's on board right like yeah. this is just a nice nice solid double by chevy right like right through the gap you can just walk on up to second base there and hope somebody hits you home i, I don't think there's any complaints about this deal right no solid signing you're familiar maybe with just gonna... <laughs> no <laughs> let's move on <laughs> yeah i mean the, the, the i mean the concern is with the way his season ended uh i don't know if they ever said if he hurt his hip or groin and that dive across yeah, against Edmonton. I, so. I don't yeah they didn't I don't think they said what it was I mean lower body either way I would imagine it it looks to be okay there that's I think always going to be the main concern with him but I think that's alleviated by the fact that even if he plays 20 25 some odd games you just make sure he's not getting a stretch of five or six games in a row right that's why I think that's sort of why they brought in Colin Delia too right like just Losing Arvid yeah. home, it's kind AHL of just, and, I mean, yeah. it's yeah, like Colin Delia is not going to set the world on fire, right? But I mean, if God forbid Hellebuck or Laurent Brassois end up going down, he's a guy that's 
played NHL minutes last year. Like he's a solid third third string goalie and a nice guy that you can split starts with in the AHL. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, especially with with Milic having to turn pro, um, the draft pick from from Seattle this year. I I don't think Divincentis can is, is he still OHL eligible? I, I, yeah, I believe so because yeah, two years ago, right? That it was he was drafted. Yeah, so I mean, it like mandatory to get a guy like Dalia into the system here. And you're right, perfect. Like as far as depth charts go, it's you're probably not going to get a whole lot better than what the Jets yeah. have at goaltender, right? Like I, yeah. I I don't know. T- Tampa, the Rangers would be the only Boston. Yeah, yeah, I guess Boston. That's a pretty good one-two punch. We'll see how long they're together, though. But I mean, to have like Hellebuck, Brassois, and then Dalia as 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 a third stringer there, it's uh some nice work. So it's a nice looking depth chart for now. We'll see, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but that was, I mean, really the main move. That and the fact that that Vladdy's coming back, Nemesnikov getting two mil per season. That's a pretty solid deal. I saw some estimates that he might come in. A little bit rich, but hey, you got a guy like that, and we'll see if the the chemistry with Ehlers and and all that is is for real, or if it was just you know a dude getting hot coming over at the trade deadline. But either way, I'll I'll make that bet for two mil. Tice a nice uh, Swiss Army knife to have in the middle six. Yeah, and I, I, by all reports, too, he absolutely loved playing in Winnipeg too, and he fit in like a glove ever since he came over. So I I think yeah, it was definitely I think it was a mandatory signing really, like just bringing. And the same thing, bringing that familiarity, bringing a guy who's comfortable with the team in the city, it's, it's a great move. And like you mentioned, he's a Swiss Army knife. You can pop him in on, on the penalty kill, on the power play, and you can move him up and down the lineup. He can play on any line. Whatsoever. It's not ideal that he's on your first line, but if there's an injury, you know, he can fill in very adequately there. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you, you take a look at the forward depth chart, Tyson. And I mean, second line center is obviously the big, whole slash question mark right now with either Velarde or, or Perfetti, I think hopefully filling that role for the Jets. But if you just look at it, you know, one through 12 there, it's, it's a pretty deep forward group. Like, I I don't know if it's, we'll do our rankings closer to the season once rosters get close to finalized. I don't know if it's a no doubt about a top 10, but the Jets have a good forward group, right? That I, I don't know. It's probably the deepest they've been, since the 2018 run, to be honest, like as it stands right now, Cap Friendly has, and I know it's not going to be this way, but Cap Friendly has Nemesnikov and Morgan Barron as the fourth line wingers, right? Or maybe a Mason Appleton is the fourth line winger. Like David Gustafson isn't even in this lineup, right? Like it's it's a pretty, pretty solid group of forwards they've got right now. Yeah, it's I, it's a deep group of forwards for sure. I I just don't know. Is this team, is this forward group really that much better than, than last year's though? If you like all things considered, you're losing Dubois and you're adding, you're hoping Velarde can sort of replicate Dubois' success last year and his statistics. But does I, Alex Iafalo make your forward group that much better? Is it that like that? Well, no, they're, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they're, they're deeper, but they lose a bit of that. that I don't punch. know what you want to call Dubois, not elite production, but. On paper, yeah, yeah, and then I you're going into the same defense again, like right, like that's that's the other thing. It's that, and obviously, there's still things that can shake out. So, that the offseason, I mean, we're only well, it'll be four days into July, like there's still some dominoes that can fall. You, 
you look at a team like Boston who, you know, miss Swan and miss all their, all their free agents. You lose Bertuzzi, lose Orlov. I think Krejci's all but guaranteed gone. Bergeron's more of a, a wild card at the moment, but yeah, like that's a team that lost a lot of depth all of a sudden. And now a team that might be getting a little desperate after signing Pasternak, the big extension McAvoy is going to be due. Like it's the, the, they Boston's going to have to do something. And I think that's definitely a team to keep an eye on. Uh, let, let's hold on to that because I do want to touch on that. Um, oh, what was it? You, you said something that I wanted to touch on there that I got Boston, Boston and Winnipeg trade thoughts creeping into my head a little bit. Um, you know, I, I did like what you said. Oh, yeah, right. Like, how much better did the Jets get and all that? And, you know, I mean, this is the problem <laughs> because so many moves happen July 1 and then a kind of a trickle in over the next couple of days is like you want to make final statements on what the roster is. But it's not going to be what the roster is come training camp come game one of the seat right like so it's kind of hard like i don't i don't disagree with anything you're saying in that you know it's the forward group is relatively similar the decor is exactly the same but i just there, there's no way the jets aren't moving i think two defensemen i yeah. still maintain that they're going to be moving one of shifley in a hell of a bucket I, i'm probably leaning towards mark shifley being out the door at this point right so like there's so much tinkering and and moves that I think are going to be made in relatively short order here that I, I don't want to make grand assumptions on, you know, what the team might look like and everything like that and how how deep they're going to be, how competitive they're going to be. But the, you, you said this before we got on, Tyson. It's kind of funny. And I, I, I wonder about this too, now that you mentioned it, but I mean, how many teams have gotten better since yeah. free agency started? Like a lot of teams are different. You know, looking at the Maple Leafs as as one of the bigger movers and shakers so far in terms of guys coming in, guys going out. But how many teams actually got better slash significantly better? I I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a big group, right? It's just bizarre. It's, crazy. it's a weird off season. Yeah, like the, one of the only teams, I guess, that you could really kind of definitively say got better is Carolina. But even then, you're going to have to trade a Brett Pesci suit. And what's the offset there with Pesci and Orlov? It's probably not much, but yeah, it's yeah, really like, weird. Like even like Edmonton even... gets Connor Brown, which is you know fine on that bonus laden deal, but they had to give up Yamamoto and Costin to get it. You know what I mean? Like it's there's a yeah, lot they... of like it's a, a team will make a good move, and you're like, oh, that's a nice move, but then it's like, well, they had to do this as well to make it work. So then it's just yeah. like nah, I don't know. So, yeah, even like same with Florida, like you lose, you get, you bring in Evan Rodriguez, but you trade Duclair away. One yeah. team that I thought actually had a, had a decent, I didn't push them over the top or anything, but I do think Pittsburgh got better than they were before. And yeah, you picked up Ryan Graves, you picked up Lars Eller on cheap deals, and Matt Nieto was picked up by them too. Nol Chari as well, like, but they did they lose Zucker. Them, yeah, right. That's the thing too. Right? It's. <laughs> It's yeah. I, I honestly don't know what team got marginally better. Like Dallas had a Duchesne, but you lose Domi from the deadline acquisition. Like you're, what teams? That de- teams definitely got worse. I, I know that for sure. There's some teams that got worse, but <laughs> oh, there's some teams that got worse and more expensive at the same time, which is always a very impressive feat when you're able to pull that off. I mean, 
two of the teams that I liked in terms of what they did, unfortunately, are right in the central division there. Um, and I, th- some of this goes back to, to, to the draft, but I, I really like what Colorado did, you know, in yeah. terms of, of a guy that I just don't think is going to have it at the NHL level and Alex Newhook. You essentially turn him into an early second round pick in Ross Colton. Like that's, yeah. you, you get the better, you get the best player in the deal and you get a draft pick on top of it. Like it's, it's pretty wild that they were able to do that. Um, and then it looks like they've got that um, deal done with Bowen Byram at a, I mean, an insane rate. You're like getting a top pairing defense for what was it like three and change under 4 million at the very least. Um, and then it's hard on that, on, on the right weird yep. deal too. And then even drew like maybe reuniting drew and McKinnon unlock something. But we'll Why see. not? It's a good bet to make. And the other one too was, Maybe the best signing of the day, I thought, Tyson, on July 1. But I, I think Dallas did themselves um, pretty damn well. Yeah. You get Matt Duchesne, who kind of, I, I, I guess if you're going the culture change way, you, you move on from him. But he's a good player still. Like He's still producing at a pretty high rate. Dallas just says, yeah, thank you very much. We'll take that for three, Schmill. And um, they're, yeah, Dallas and Colorado are looking Pretty, pretty solid right now. Um, I mean, those two teams, I think, I, I, there's kind of a clear hierarchy in the West right now. We'll see what happens by by the end of things. But to me, Tice, Edmonton, Vegas out there in the Pacific, Colorado, Dallas in the Central, everybody else is kind of just thrown into the same boat after that. But there's a, there's a lot of chasing to be done but, but to, to get up to those four teams. But having said that as well, you could probably make a case that a lot of those other clubs are the fifth best team in the West. Yeah. Which is yeah. like, I you can I, I don't agree with it, but you could understand a team going, hmm, getting into the playoffs kind of gives us a pretty decent chance of making some noise there. So take that for what it's worth if you like that or if you hate it. But yeah, it's it, it's just a bizarre off season where I mean we see more than any other year we're seeing guys go for literally nothing, um, and just the the valuation of cap space is at an absolute all time high. And that's led to this just bizarro world of teams just kind of, you know, scraping by the margins. It's just guys come in, guys go out, and let's just hope the mix is different. And that leads to some, somehow, some some positive results to come out of that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but before, what's, uh, who are your losers? <sighs> I mean, the Alex Kalorn contract is just it's shockingly bad. <laughs> I, I just can't. I cannot believe. I mean, Anaheim has so much caps. But I, I, I just. It's like how you're just betting against yourself, and you're. I mean, the the amount of money that they threw at him was just well, that beyond and, insane. I don't. You don't want to question a guy's character or work ethic or anything, but two time Stanley Cup champion living in Southern California, and you're kind. And it's like oh, I'm making a lot of money and. Uh, how do I still love the game as much? Like, well, is that contract going to look like in years three and four, right? Like, that's... And yeah, it's not even... Like, I mean, they're, Anaheim's, I think, still like 10 mil below the, the cap floor. There's 7 mil below the cap floor. Um, So it's it's not like going to hurt them this year, but it's when Zegras needs a contract, when Leo Carlson needs a contract, it's just, you, you know it's going to be an anchor for them. And it's going to be either a buyout or a, a, a retention trade, right? Right, like even the Gouda's contract, it's not too long. It's only three years, but four million for a heavy, heavy D man coming off of off season surgery. Like I don't know, 
it's there's it yeah, seems like that's just I mean, but like you said, like you got to get to the cap floor somehow. It seems like they're just kind of throwing st- money at the wall and deal with it later. Like we got to get there somehow. Yeah, I mean, there's a we we should get to the Shapely Hellebuck stuff, but the other team that I'll mention, I don't know, my biggest loser, but I just don't really get what they're doing. I don't understand Nashville's plan. Yeah, like I, I just I'm I'm so confused. Like it seems like okay, you buy out Duchesne, you buy out Johansson. I mean, you make the trades you do at the deadline, right? Like they're 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 going for a rebuild. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Why in the world are you signing basically everybody that's available right after that? Right? Like, uh, <laughs> it seemed like you were going one direction, and then you you zip and zap and go back the other way. And, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, there's a few teams where it's like, do you guys even know what you're trying to do? Detroit, kind of the same thing, where it's just you're you're giving decent coin to guys that are second, third liners. I, I don't know. Uh, Justin Hole getting that big contract that was. Yeah. Man, the Iser plan. The Iser plan has some cracks in it. I don't know. <laughs> the, the the one other team I'll mention and and like has anyone checked on Lou Lamorello's like <laughs> even since the draft or before? Like, is he okay? Is there what's going on with the Islanders? You hear? You know, I have a, I have a theory about the Islanders, Tyson. Not a not a theory, but like what I think a team should do. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it might be too late now. They only got like a million in cap space, but. Man, oh man, would I love to target their 2026 first round pick in a trade? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like, no protection. like they're gonna they're gonna be okay, right? Like they're gonna probably be in it around the playoff line. Probably, you know, they've got a okay team, not a cup contending team. But you know that Lou isn't playing this one for a couple years, right? Like it's it's gonna come down pretty hard for them, and I would like to take that bet. Like if it was, it's not gonna happen. But like Shifley for the Isles twenty twenty six first rounder, I'd be like, hmm, <laughs> that could be an awfully valuable asset. <laughs> yeah, the Islanders are that's a burning ship right now, and Lou knows it. And I feel so bad for whoever has to end up taking over that job. Does does Lou have any kids? Because that <laughs> might be the only person that wants to take a crack at that. Godfather. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lou. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that's all right though. I, I mean, I wish more teams, to be honest, were kind of managed that way. It's just like screw <laughs> the future. Let's just see. Let's just see what happens. I'm going to sign everybody. Let's just try to win something right now. Uh, all right. There's the breakdown of the first couple days of free agency. The Jets, yeah, relatively low spenders, which I think. Um, suits them just fine i think i think you're going to be just all right sitting out the madness on july one every year i should mention too that the jets brought back axel Janssen fialbi um on a two-way deal for this upcoming season it's a two-year contract then turns into a one-way in year two so i don't don't mind his game you're right like he's he's gonna be a 13 14 forward type guy and um oh you 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 got a Janssen fialbi take you're ready to go i was just gonna mention too leon gavanka to San Jose for right. Artemi Knyazev. Essentially a swap of defensive prospects. Right. Yeah, I feel like he's sort of like the guy who will fill in the Logan Stanley role. Good. More yeah. defensemen. <laughs> That's what we need. More defense. Man, just throw them all in there. We'll, we'll put four guys 22 and under in the press box. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, I mean, hey, he was never going to play for you again, so you get a guy that might. So, win, win by Chevy there. Um, 
And uh, the other one, I, I do wonder. It's going to be unfortunate, I think. I would, wouldn't mind seeing the Jets take a flyer on Phillips Zadina, who was put on waivers by the Red Wings. I don't – I mean, look, the chances are he's he's a bust and it's just not going to work out for him. But why not take a chance for free on a – what was the ninth overall pick, right? Like, take a chance. I don't think the Jets – he's going to fall to the Jets. I, I imagine he gets claimed well before that. But wouldn't be a bad reclamation project. And, again, cost you nothing to do it. Wasn't he six? Well, wasn't he taking the pick before Brady? Ooh, that's I don't know. <laughs> Brady was a was fourth overall. I don't know if it was the same draft or not. Um, let's just take a look here. He was tenth overall. Oh no, that's by no no no. Yeah, six overall. You're right. In the 2018 draft, yeah, uh, he was a really highly touted prospect. Like going into that draft, oh yeah, year, I know. I think he was supposed to be the number one pick. Like going into that that season and then he didn't have a the, the best year that was the rasmus dalin and svechnikov going was, one two there quinn hughes was the pick after oh it was quinn hughes <laughs> no oh that's a rough one brady kachuk <laughs> did uh get drafted that year but he was fourth overall fourth. yeah quinn hughes would look pretty good in that red and white <laughs> and he might one, he might one day that was was that, that I don't even was that Iserman's draft? Was that his first draft? Uh, I don't I'm don't recall. Either way, whoopsie, <laughs> my <laughs> mistake. Uh, we'll see what happens with Sadina. I imagine he does get picked up though. Uh, quickly here, let's uh, wrap up the episode. Tyson talking trades, and by talking trades, I mean no trades happen. Uh, <laughs> but a little bit of maybe not movement, but a little bit more context and news coming in on the Shifley Hellebuck front. Obviously nothing taking place just yet, but we did hear Kevin Chevalier speak a little bit. I don't I mean did did you glean anything from from what he had to say there to to me? Well, l- let's hear what you had to say first. Well, I th- I kind of just thought that it's, you know, there was a lot of typical clichés throughout throughout the interview. Although well, the Jets are doing their due diligence, Tyson. Yeah, right. But I mean, yeah, that's kind of what you have to do at this point, right? You got to see, you know, maybe there's a change of heart. Maybe someone, maybe one of the two guys really likes the moves that they made and they like the direction the team's going. I don't particularly see either of those guys really having a change of heart just because while a lot of the fact, like, a lot of us understand that the value is very fair for what for Pierre Luc Dubois considering the situation. The players are going to have kind of a well, I can't think of the right word like a veil over their face. That, like saying, yeah, like, yeah oh. like they're they're not going to view it the same way a fan does, right yeah. or wrong, right? Like they're going to be like, oh, we lost our our, our quote unquote stud, and we're getting just two guys to come in, like, eh. right? Like that's, that's going to be their initial reaction, yeah. Totally, and that's sort of where I don't see the the a change of heart for either of those guys. But like Chevy says, you got to do your due dil- diligence, oh. right? Like you got to keep on. You got to, ha- especially Connor Hallow. But like I think right now you should be hammering away. Like, hey, what could what what would you do? Like, you, like from where we are right now, what's the move that you want to want to make? And if it's somewhat attainable, I think you got to try it and try and do whatever you can to make sure that Connor Hellebuck remains a Winnipeg Jet beyond this season. And so hear him out. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was a lot of people 
kind of freaking out. Oh no, the Jets are running it back. But from what Chevy said, right? Like it's going to be Shifley back. It's going to be hell of a back. I, that's not what I got from that, <laughs> to be yeah. honest, right? Like it could happen, but that's not really the the sense that I got from Chevy there. I mean, to, to me, there were a few things that stood out in terms of what he said there and maybe what the message was reading between the lines. And, and to me, it wasn't that Shafley and Hellebuck are guaranteed to come back. This is kind of what you say as a GM, right? Like if the offers aren't, aren't great, you, you try to create a bit of a market. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They're coming back. Like, well, we're, we're good with that. We don't have to move them. Even though we do, we don't have to move them. Right. Like, well, don't, don't worry. Right. So I, I don't know. That's just kind of what I took at it from there. But the big thing I think is just that, the Jets aren't getting the offers that they want for both of those guys. Can can that change? Maybe. But right now, the offers just aren't anywhere near close enough to, to being acceptable from a Winnipeg perspective. So it's going to be tough. they they got to find a way to get that market going. It's why, Tyson, I think that a Hellebuck trade, man, I might put the, I, I might put it like 20% likely at this point. Yeah, like it just—it seems like there's not a lot of teams interested, and not a lot of assets being thrown around, and nobody wanting to sign him for nine million dollars, even though he gives you more than that in terms of value. Like it just—it yeah. it doesn't feel like there's a, a willing partner just yet there. Shifley, though, that can change, I think, very quickly. And I think too, once guys and once teams strike out on certain targets that they had, it makes a lot of sense to come circle back and take a run at Mark Shifley. And I mean, Boston. Boston's just screaming at you right in the face, right? Yeah. Like they, they might be down two guys. They're not going to be going into a rebuild mode, even if Bergeron and Krejci are both out the door this year. It just it seems to make too much sense, doesn't it, Tyson? Yeah. And I wonder, and maybe that's going to be an episode, is just let's talk Jets-Bruins trade here and what does the package look like for Mark Shifley? Well, and you had mentioned it. I'm not... Like, I don't think at this point Fabian Lysel is a realistic trade option from the Bruins just because they need guys. Like, they need, they still need NHL forwards. And I think trading a guy who's got skill, who's really like the only forward prospect in your system right now that's, you know, worthwhile. And that's not to say that some guys couldn't surprise or whatever, but I think Boston's going to want to keep him. And I think you had mentioned it a Swayman, Carlo, and a first. Sounds really intriguing. So it does, but here's the thing. You can't do that trade unless you're trading Hellebuck. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like now, I mean, like because you signed Brassois, you can't carry all three of those guys on the roster at the same time, unless I mean, unless you flip Swayman, which but like that I just don't really see that that coming to fruition there. So that is the one thing with the Boston deal, Tice is like Everything that the Bruins would offer only interests the Jets, i.e. Swayman or Allmark, if Connor Hellebuck is moved for something else. Yeah. So. it's Well, I mean, the only thing is that if you are making a Shifley trade, Hellebuck's gone, right? Like, Hell- like he's not going to want to stick around if there's, a, if there's a Shifley trade, too. And it's like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to play in front of this team this year. Then that. Then maybe that makes picks or talks heat up a little bit. And the one, the goaltending market's so weird because you've seen so many solid goaltenders get one million. It's driving me crazy, Tyson. Two, two and a half, and then you see Tristan Jari get close to six million. Corpusalo's getting a long-term big money contract, and you're like, well, 
all you need is a couple teams to get desperate for a goaltender, and that could happen very early in the season if there's a major injury or a team's team's older net miners have just lost a step and they're really struggling. And, the, and then teams are like, okay, well, maybe we can hop on this before things get really out of hand and we're all of a sudden fighting for a playoff spot. I think I could see a team going like that, but yeah, it's it's tough because with Boston, that's really all they can offer too. They really don't have yeah, any. They, they have nothing. Yeah. There's so, just yeah. nothing that yeah, they have nothing in terms of actually like giving a team decent assets for a good player there. So we'll see if that comes to fruition at all. The interesting thing though, Tyson, the reason why I say 20% instead of maybe zero on, on a Hellebuck trade, did you see uh Kevin Weeks tweet about and, and for those that missed it, it just it, it was an interesting thing to throw out there. It was late at if, night too. Yeah, maybe a couple of cocktails. Like, who knows? It was a long weekend there. Maybe weeks he was just ha- having a good time and said, you know, I'm going sh- to stir things up a little bit here. But he said, based on prices, limited dollars, potential trades for all-star goalies Hellebuck and Gibson will require both creativity and flexibility from their clubs. Curious to see where they go from here. So interesting phrasing of words there Tyson which leads me to believe what might have to happen for both Hellebuck and Shifley to be moved in potential trades to me that sounds like you're gonna have to retain a significant amount of money which is insane like to retain on Connor Hellebuck just that that like breaks my brain it's just like it doesn't make any sense at all but with so many teams up against the cap, they might have to do that if they want to maximize the return that they get back, and it would only be for a year. So, right, that's it's it's possible for the Jets to pull that off, but that's kind of you know what you wonder is is going on right now is you know like maybe New Jersey, right? Where hey, let's not do the extension thing anymore, sign him for eight years, all that. Let's talk just a one year, like what, what's a one year trade essentially look like for you? And how valuable does Hellebuck become if he's a $4 million goalie yeah. instead of, a, you know what I mean? Like, and, and then well, do other teams get involved after that? And Jersey also didn't add a goaltender. They haven't added another goaltender yet. And you've heard that that's what one of their plans for this offseason was to make it to at least try to find a kind of a tandem there with, with Vitek Vanacek. Now, if you're making a Connor Hellebuck trade, Vitek Vanacek might be going the other way to help make dollars work too. And I always I'm pinpointing Dawson Mercer, like he's he's such a solid player, and they're gonna have to give up something of value. And he's a guy that they're gonna have to pay next year. If he's playing in a top six role next year, he's gonna you know continue to progress as a player, and he's gonna put up big numbers. And I think that might, that could be a contract, especially with the contracts they've handed out this off season, where you know he's a guy that might be out on the move. And if you can add a guy like Connor Hellebuck, and you're clearing up pretty close to what Vitek Vanacek's salary is, and that's the salary swap, and you're adding to Dawson Mercer, you're adding a solid prospect and a first. I think that that's still a deal that you can get done. Yeah, and maybe the Jets in that situation add something from their end. Yeah. but You know what I mean? Like either a prospect, whatever it might be, just to get that one over the line. Tell you what, Tice, wouldn't mind breaking down a Dawson Mercer return for Connor Hellebuck. That would... That would be two for two for Chevy if he could get painted into a quarter and then pull off a deal like that. So we'll see if that's going to be a possibility over the next handful of days or maybe when we get back at it in our next episode. And uh, that's where we're going to leave it here today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. 
Like I said there, we'll get back at it to close out the work week Friday morning, breaking down the latest in terms of free agents and hopefully some trades get going sometime soon in the NHL as well. We'll be sure to break it all down for you guys when we get back at it on Friday morning. Until then, though, thank you guys again so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We'll talk to you guys Friday morning. Until then... Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and have a good time, everybody. Peace.